promised me all these things and I went from this life to this life and you know you're confused and you know you don't know what's happening and you're in pain and you're you're asking God to you know to reveal himself to you to because you feel abandoned you feel um, you know God you know where are you um, and that's how I felt personally if you don't know I was born and raised in Iraq um, I lived there for 15 years and in 2014, October, we moved to Jordan in order to come here. Um, we lived in Jordan for almost three years, um, two years and 10 months to be exact. Um, and for me personally, that was my wilderness season. I am able to stand here and speak because of that season I went through. Um, it was not fun, it was not easy, it was very challenging, it was very painful. and. Yeah, but I experienced God's faithfulness and deep love there in those dark mo moments of my life. And I remember um, thinking, you know, I back home I had my friends, I went to school, um, I had my church, my church people, and you know, we had our own house, our own car, and I was always surrounded by my friends. I could get to see them whenever I wanted to see them. I was always around the people I loved. I was. You know, hanging out with them, just living my life, you know, I had a good life, I was happy, and we all were. And then in just, in, in a moment, everything changed. I went from having a full life, I went from having uh, people around me, to, to emptiness, to no one around me, just me and my, you know, my parents and my brother. Um, and I had high expectations, you know, as a 15 year old, you're moving to a new country, you're like, oh, it's going to be the same, you know, you're going to go there, meet people, make new friends, um, it's going to be fine, you're going you're gonna to have the same thing that you had, but no, it wasn't the case. Um, and that's where I started, you know, that's where it started hitting me, I thought it's going to just, it's going to take a um, few, few weeks, maybe a few months, and then it's going to happen. Um, it didn't happen, and I was like, oh. Okay, and I was like, you know, and I had all these dreams and I had all these uh, high hopes and I felt like, oh, this is the end because if I'm stuck here, if I'm not, you know, if I don't have friends, if I'm also, by the way, I did not uh, finish high school. Um, I've only done till year nine. And when I came here, I went straight into uni and that's like another story. Um, and that's another thing, you know, I, I had, you know, since I was a little girl, I always had 
big dreams and big goals, and I want to be that, I want to do that, I want to achieve that, I, you know, I want to thrive, I want to be successful, I want to make a change. And when I went there, and I don't have anything, I don't have a platform to use, I don't have, uh, you know, things I can use to do that, I don't have the connections with people so I can achieve that, and I thought, oh, like, how am I going to do that? Like, there's how, show me a way. And I... I remember thinking also, you know, looking at my friends, how they all finished high school, they graduated, and then they got into uni, and I didn't. And I was like, I feel so behind. I feel, I feel like a failure. It's like, you know, all these people are, you know, um, you know they, they're going into the next stage of their lives, but I am not, and I'm stuck here. And, and I felt, I was really hurt, like that actually really hurt me, because I said, God, you know, you know, you know how passionate I am to do all these things. You know how passionate I am to, to, to have a purposeful life. And it seems like you don't care about that because you're not doing anything. Look at me here. Um, everyone else who probably don't believe in you, don't care about you, they're thriving. They're, they're living their best lives. They're achieving things. They are successful. But I am not. And I mean, even though I was only 15, but you know. <laughs> um, and I remember reading Psalms. Um, and I remember every time I read any psalms, um, I, I would like it would really hit me, and I would cry. I was like, oh, like I can relate to this guy, um, because in Psalms actually, in Psalms thirty-eight nine, um, he says, Lord, you know all my desires and deepest longings. My tears are liquid words, and you can read them all. And also in Psalms sixty-nine twenty-nine. Um, Oh, I don't have it written here. But he says something like, Oh, Lord, I'm in deep, like, I'm in deep suffering and pain. Save me, rescue me. And, and I, I feel like I could relate to that. I always ask God, like, you know, like, you see, I'm not happy. Like, you see, I'm not, you know, I look around me, you know, my parents are also unhappy. My brother's unhappy. So there's not even that bit of hope that, you know, when you look at someone, even when you're depressed, you're like, oh, like, there's hope, like, you know, if you see it in someone else, that gives you kind of, and I didn't see that either, and everywhere I went, you know, other families, like Iraqi families who are also immigrating, who are also like refugees there, um, you know, they're all depressed, and everywhere you look around you, everyone is depressed, and you just hear all these stories in the news, all these, um, you know, how like the Yazidi girls were like abused by ISIS and everything, um, and then I was like, oh, like, what if, like, I could have been one of those girls? And, you know, all these things just, like, hunt you down. And, 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 yeah, I remember one time, like, I was laying on my bed. And I just, like, I was looking at the ceiling. And, like, I was crying. I was like, God, like, help me. Like, do something. And, and there were times where I really didn't know what to say. Like, I was like, oh, do, I, do I have to cry more to, so you hear me? Do I have... Um, to, to be more depressed? Is there like a level I have to reach for you to care? Um, is this what I have to do? Like, what is it? And, and there were times where I couldn't pray. And, and to be honest with you, there were times where I felt very frustrated and I felt very angry at God. And um, yeah, let God, you know, do something. And, um, but God is so good and God, through all this time, my frustration, my anger, my bitterness, um, he was listening to me all this time. Even though maybe he was not acting uh, straight away, he wasn't just you know, changing um, 
the situation the way I wanted it to, uh, but he was listening to me all this time. And um, there's a there's a like a phrase I saw that said, um, yeah, when it hurts, run to God. Because what happens is it hurts, and then you know you go to God, and then God is not doing something yet, and then you feel okay. You start feeling all these like feelings of like bitterness and frustration and then what happens is then you start feeling guilty for feeling this way and what happens then is because you start feeling guilty for the way you feel um, even though God understands and God cares and loves you the same um, what starts happening is you start distancing yourself from God because you think oh like I should be grateful like my life could be worse than it is um, I should be grateful but I'm not grateful and um, and you start distancing yourself from God, and what happens is the enemy is like, oh, great. Now Lydia is distancing herself from God. Um, let's get her. Um, and what happens is the enemy loves it when you distance yourself from God because he knows you're helpless. Because when you're with God, you're, you're under his wing. He can't do anything. Um, and what happens is, so you're now alone. You've distanced yourself, and he just keeps you there and spins you. So you're not moving forward, you're not changing, you're not healing, you're just spinning in your place and you're not getting anywhere. But God wants you to um, go to him when it hurts and don't feel guilty for feeling the way you feel. God, you know, God is your father. Like if sometimes, you know, when my dad does something and I'm like, dad, like, why did you do that? Why? He's not going to say, oh, Lydia, I hate you now. He understands. Um, and, and he's still gonna love me and he's still gonna do what he does because I'm his daughter, you know And, and that's the same thing with God. Your dad, your mother, you know, it's like that similar kind of love um, So yeah, and that was what I what I experienced um, And then you know Now God didn't change my life or like change the situation straight away, but it took it took like years it took like after a year, after two years, just before I leave, I started meeting the most amazing people. But these amazing people had such a great impact on my life. I learned so many things from them. Um, they, they blessed my life, they prayed for me, they, they showed me so much kindness and love that I, that really changed me and shaped my character. And now, here's another thing. Um, so it wasn't just moving um, and that's it, and then we struggled. It was actually a very quick decision my parents made, um, you know, when the war started and everything. And they were like, oh, like it was very, like we didn't actually sit, discuss, decide if we wanna, it was just like, hey, this is what we're planning to do. Yeah, good, 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 okay, let's, let's do it. And it just happened. And so yeah, so there were times when, um, when it took a long time, because the process is just a quick, um, um, of what, how the process goes. So you go, you apply for like immigration um, and then you should receive a call from the embassy. And then the embassy, they give you an appointment for an interview. And if you get accepted, they're gonna call you for um, like medical assessment and everything. And then you're gonna do like a, what do they call it? Like a session they teach you about like Australia and everything else. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then that's it. You book your visa and you book your flight and then you travel. 
and it took it was taking like a long time and, and some people were getting it quicker and people who came after us left before us it was and it was like unfair you know it's like why this is unfair like we came before them we've been waiting for a long time and and the thing that i questioned god the most was we are your children like i understand if we weren't your children you know maybe we're not like you you know but we are children and we trust you and believe in you and like why is there no progress why 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 and and i i, I questioned god so many times and so there were times when we were there where my parents would um Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Hi. <laughs> uh, with, with questions, with, you know, discuss with themselves, like, oh, did we make a mistake that we came here? Was this a wise decision that we made? Should we maybe have waited a bit? Is this the right time? Um, you know, all these doubts, all these fears of, you know, maybe we've made a mistake. And that personally, like every time I hear that, that affected me because then I would go and, you know, being an overthinker, it helps you <laughs> um, um, to be affected by these things. And I would go to my room like, what if it's a mistake? Does, does this mean like that's it? Like there's no future? Does this mean we're going back home? Does this mean we're stuck here? Does this mean like it's like, you know, it's there's no hope? Um, and that like, that was really huge. Now, one time, actually, one time, um, just like it was a random day, it was like a very normal random day, my parents were at my uncle's house, and I think it was just Ben and I at home. And it was my time, I go to sleep, and like, I'm not, I'm not expecting anything, I'm not, you know, just, it's a normal day, haven't done anything very spiritual to receive something like that. I go and, you know, I sleep and look, I actually don't know if this was like really happening or if it was a dream because it felt like it was a bit of, bit of a both. Um, so, so in my dream, or maybe it was happening in real life, I'm not sure. Um, I, was, so I was on my bed and I was like lying on my left side and then this light just shows up, yeah? And it was like very, very bright. And I could see like it was it was like a person. So it was like it was Jesus. So it was in a white robe, and um, I couldn't see his face. Just just light. There was just light shining, but I could see like his arm hands. Um, now I'm sleeping, and then he comes and he starts talking to me. The funny thing is, he talks in like Iraqi accent. <laughs> I was yeah, and then I was responding in English for some reason. <laughs> It was actually really funny. When I woke up, I was like, oh, interesting. So you know how to speak Iraqi. Um, yeah, it was a very like deep voice. Um, so I'm sleeping and then, look, there's no intro or anything. It just like happens. And then he goes like, Lydia, I just want you to know, I am the one who brought you here. I am the one who is caring for you. I'm the one who's blessing you. I'm the one who's protecting you. Um, I'm the one who's carried you this far and I'm the one who's gonna deliver you. And he's saying, it's not your parents that decided to come here. It's not your parents, they chose to come here. It's not a mistake and I am the one. And he kept saying like, I am the one, I am the one. I'm... And 
as he was speaking in Iraqi, I was <laughs> responding. It's like, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Um, and when I woke up, I was filled with so much joy and peace and conviction. And I was like, wow. And um, I remember like, yeah, because my parents were at home. So I was like, oh, I have to tell my parents. So I, I think like I messaged it to my mom or boy's name, I don't know. Um, and I was like, mom, this is what happened. And yeah, from that day on, I'm not gonna tell you like, oh, that's it. like I was the happiest person alive. I did not, you know, get depressed again. Uh, I did not question God again. Oh, I did. But that was a huge like conviction that even when things were going wrong, I was like reminded of what God said. I was like, oh no, this is not a mistake. This is not a mistake. This is not a mistake. It's God. God brought me here, God brought my family here, and God will deliver us. Um, actually, let me look at my notes, because I've like written some stuff, but I just keep on talking. Um, yeah, and, and what I like um, when Paul says in Romans 5, verse 1 to 5, he says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into his, his grace, in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And also in 1 Peter 1.7, um, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, um, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Um, I think it can be really difficult to uh, understand or process when we go through hardships, it's not—it's not easy to say. It's not easy to to be joyful. It's not easy to be like, "Oh God, you're so good." It's not easy. Like if we're honest, the first thing we do when we go through pain is complain. Oh God, where are you now? And and that was my experience. And and it took me a while and to understand. Oh no, God is good. It's just what I'm going through now. This is all shaping my character. And I did not realize this from day one. I did not realize this from day two. I realized this when I came here. When I looked back, I was like, oh, this is why I went through what I went through. And yeah. And I also want to share about God's faithfulness to his promise. So like I mentioned earlier, um, how I was talking about like my education and like that was really important to me. Like I was one of those people that didn't care. Like some people just don't care. Like, oh, they, they're happy. They don't have to go to school then, you know? And then, even though like my parents tried like to get me to school there, but like for some reason just didn't work. Um, and when I came here, I wasn't sure what to expect. Like how, what if they don't accept me? What if like, you know, I haven't finished year 12? What if I don't accept it? What if, I can't get into the thing that I want to get in, which I'm doing right now. Um, but God was so faithful. God was so faithful that when I came here, um, I was, so I did my diploma last year. 
Um, and I was just sitting with my cousin, because she was studying at the same uni. And she was looking up stuff, like, oh, what do you want to do? And we looked at the criteria requirements. And I just had to like submit an essay. So I was like, oh, that's easy. And then got accepted, finished that year. And then I was like, oh, no, that's, now it's the next big step. Am um, I getting accepted into like what I really want to do, and which is what I'm doing now, journalism. And yeah, had to write an essay, and then got interviewed, and then a few hours later, congratulations. So I, I'm not talking to about me. I'm not saying, oh, look at how amazing I am. I'm such a great writer. I'm such a, I'm so talented and gifted. But how faithful God is. When I thought, you know, I had lost hope. I was like, oh, this is never gonna work. Um, hey guys. Hi. No, it's okay. The moment I lost hope, you know, and I thought, not sure how it's gonna work, but God, God had already prepared these things to me, and which I'm living right now, and also like friendships and uh, <laughs> friendships, and especially like for me personally, Helen, because I lived years without having a close friendship, a close friend physically with me. You know, I have two best friends. One lives in the states, and the other is still in Iraq. And we've been, yeah, distant for five years now. Um, so, and it's, it's hard, it's not hard not to have a close person physically, you know, someone you can see, someone you can hang out with, someone you can, you know, talk with and go out with. And yeah, so I was really blessed to, you know, God really blessed me with a friendship. And all of you guys, and you guys are like my second family to me. Um, you've shown like so much love and so much grace and um, you never made me feel like I'm not a part of you. You never made me feel like I don't belong here. But and that's a blessing to me. And I know that God was preparing all of this while I was waiting in Jordan. You did not expect me to come, but God was like, "Oh, she's here." <laughs> um, so talking about God's promises, um, there's a character in the story that I really, really, really love um, in Bible. It's Joseph's story. And I feel like I personally relate to that. Um, it's such, it's such an amazing story because it's not about Joseph, you know, going from being just the the most spoiled kid to a ruler, but um, was God how God like brought him from here to here, and that's what I feel like God kind of did, and He's still doing. Like it's not like this is the end. You know? um, God's still gonna do other things. Um, yeah, so. In Genesis, yeah, so it's in like Genesis says from 39. And what I what I my favorite verse actually in this story is when it's like it's like wrapping it up, like when they wrap it up, when Joseph tells his brothers, um, you intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving lives of many. And and, and for me, that is someone who has a great faith in God can say something like this. Because you're not relying on your own strength, you're relying on something greater. So for someone to say this sentence, and, and how he was very graceful towards the people that hurt him and, and to the things that, it was, his life was not easy. He was thrown into the pit, he was sold to slavery, he was thrown into jail for something he did not do. Imagine being thrown into jail for something he did not do. And then, you know, and accused and everything, and then God brings him to where he had. And 
yeah, I think that that's, we can learn a lot from that, and we can learn a lot from what God has done in his life. And I'm sure God has done in every, like, in every life. Um, and, yeah. and also, for instance, um, you know, when, when he was sold into slavery, um, he developed, like, the comeback was, he developed, like, come, I don't know how to pronounce this word, competence? Competence. Yes, <laughs> uh, organization the palace when he was framed as an adulterer. Adulterer. Why do they make words hard? Use his ability to discern dreams and solve problems. Forgotten prison displayed the wisdom to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. So even like when he was thrown into the prison, like God still used him there. And also, what I also really like, and I just noticed the other day, was. Um, I don't know what chapter this is, but it's in Genesis somewhere. You can do your research, guys. Um, this, it says, the Lord was with Joseph. And then again, the Lord was with Joseph. So Joseph could not see God. God was not physically there with Joseph, but God was with Joseph. And I'm pretty sure Joseph, at some point, like going through all these things, he's probably like, you know, he's probably sad and oh, like, oh, What's gonna happen next? Like, am I gonna am I gonna stay in jail forever? Like, why am I getting accused for something I didn't do? And but then God's like, oh, you know. And and he became the reason um, to save the lives of many. And that's how good God is. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've been through. But every story matters. And I'm pretty sure there are things that God has done in your life. Um, where you've, you've seen the hand of God um, in your life. And I just want to also really emphasize on this, that please don't run away from God when you are in pain. God wants you to go to Him. And God wants you to be honest with Him. And God wants you to say how you... God already knows what you're thinking and feeling, so you might as well just say it to Him. Um, and, and God wants you to have a genuine communication with Him. And oh, there's one more thing I missed in the first part. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And see, the thing is, though, I have my notes, yeah, but I haven't. I don't have like enough space. Which is, I'm getting confused. But <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, wait, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Wait, I'll I'll find it. Yeah, um, Yeah. so this is like, I saw it like somewhere when I was doing my research. So it was about how like, when we want to be distant from God, and he's talking about like how, how that works. So David was sensitive to the presence of God in his life. If he lost the sense of God's presence, he went after it with a holy fervor. Um, the test of your faith is not when God's presence is real, when you see God at work in your life. The real test of your life, faith is when God seems distant. Do you seek Him then? Um, if you seek Him, you will find Him. But if you turn to the world or look for a quick fix for your problems without seeking God, you won't find Him. Seek God especially when He seems distant. And I was like, wow. Yeah. So, this is 
this is just a part of my story. I will probably write a book one day so you guys can read all the other details. Um, but I just wanted to focus on God's faithfulness. Um, and I don't want to keep on rambling. Um, but God is just so good. And it was not easy to say these things or to say these words when I was going through what I was going through. Um, but when you look back, like God is good. And then he just... And to me, like, another thing he showed was how much he cares about, like, small details. Like, it's not just the deliverance that he cares about, but the small details that I care about, that he cares about. And he showed that throughout the journey. So, God is good and faithful. And if he's been faithful all these years, he will continue to be faithful the next years. I don't know how, for how long we will be alive, um, he could come tomorrow, I don't know, but he's faithful, that's the point. Um, yeah, so, I'm, I'm done, um, but I was just like, when I was speaking, I was thinking like, if you guys have any questions you want to ask, or things that you're curious about, I don't know, then maybe we can have that. Would you guys want to ask questions? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. yeah. yeah? yeah. It's a good opportunity to pick someone's brains who yeah. has gone through this and lived out something. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a teacher. Like you know, like you know, this reminds me of my of my of a class we have, like when the teacher asks question and everyone just like stares at him and he's like I have a question sure so Lydia. I walked in late so I don't know um, at what point in your life do you think in that whole journey you went through that when do you reckon you doubted God the most does that make sense yes yes, yes. that's thank you for asking actually um, now you would think like I would like just doubt God in the beginning because you know I did not see any change and you know it was a big shock for me to go from having everything to nothing and I was like oh god where are you but for me actually the most which I really it affected my faith too um, was when we got to the last stage we were, we were just waiting for visa uh, which took like 10 months to get it um, I really started doubting God I'm like god like we're almost there like why don't you you know do something like and, and the thing that I also questioned, I was like, like, God, I believe in you. Like, I trust you and I believe that you're able and you've done so many miracles before and you've done so many things in my life now and here. Why can't you just do something now? Like, it's not gonna, it's nothing to you to give us a visa. Um, that, that was actually the moment I doubted God where I felt like, oh, so we got till here and are we gonna stay here? Like, do, you know, do something. Um, so that was yeah, that was very challenging. Um, and you know, I got to a point where like who, when people would tell me, oh, like God's gonna do it, God's, you know, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I, like I was so done with hearing these things. Like I don't want words. Like I want action. Like I want action to happen. So now, now on the flip side of mm. all of that, yeah. Why do you think it took so long? Why do you think God was so slow? Mm. Do you have any perspective on that? Yes, yes. Thank you for asking that question. Um, like I mentioned before, I felt, look, when I was going through what I was going through, I did not realize that because I didn't care about my presence then. Like, I just want the future, like, let's get done with this. Um, but 
when I look back now, when God was shaping my character, like God's changed so many things in me um, to be who I am today. Um, he, especially the thing that he changed the most was how I see other things, how I see other situations, people, um, and how I feel like sometimes when I, when I look at people, or when, when they do something, then I'm like, oh, but then, I feel like God told me like, oh, switch the lens, switch the lens, and I see them through God's eyes, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, wow, you know, and, and that really changed my life, that was really, yeah, uh, so for me, this was like a process of character building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you could go back and do things any differently, is there anything that springs to mind? I think I would enjoy my time more. I think I was very focused on, like I, I, I feel like there were times where I did not enjoy my time, which I sometimes like, wish I had. And I think that's the thing I would change, to enjoy my time, to be more relaxed, to, be, to not overthink too much. And yeah, enjoy time. <laughs> Growing up in uh, Iraq, yeah. <laughs> Iraq, yeah. Yeah, and then you moved to Jordan. Right? Yeah. How is your English at the level it is now when you were in the country for that long? Good question. I get actually I get asked that question a lot, so I might, I might as well just like say it once and for good. Um, so I studied at a private American school back home. So since like kinder. Um, so I did like K, or do you say like KG1, KG2, and then, yeah, and then, prep, prep, yeah, you guys call them prep, um, <laughs> um, yeah, and then, yeah, so I stayed in the same school till grade nine, and then when we moved, I left, so that's how I, yeah, yeah, what attracts you to journalism because and a lot of respect I love um, your posts and stuff I love like reading them and being really good so, well, well, like, what attracts you to it oh good question this um, is now a job interview I know what my strengths are I'm joking um, oh good question actually um, I think it's just I've always been like passionate about like hearing people's stories. And if you've noticed, like when you have a conversation, I always ask you questions. Like if we've had a conversation, you've probably <laughs> noticed that. Um, I love, it's not, it's not just like I just wanna ask questions, but like I really wanna hear like people's perspectives. I wanna hear what they've been through um, and all these things. And I feel like journalism is such a great platform to um, be a voice to the voiceless, to be able to make a change um, just by hearing people's stories. And I think, because let's be honest, like, you know, when we hear stories, you're like, oh, that was so good, that was so powerful. Especially if someone's like on the top and then you hear their story, you're like, wow. Um, not even people on the top, could be just a normal person um, that they've struggled so much. And then you see them, how they, how they carry themselves and how strong they are and confident. Um, and I think that's very beautiful. So I feel like the world needs to see more of that. And yeah, it's, it's cool, it's cool too. 
hear other stories. It's cool to write. I love writing. Um, so that's another thing. Um, to write other people's stories too. Yeah. So I think Jeff Olsen is a good platform. You should do like a Humans of New York type thing. I know. Humans of Nelson. <laughs> that's actually an idea. And David is going to be the photographer. So, my question is so prior to your experience, obviously fleeing a country or home um, because of the situation there and then going through this incredible journey to where you are now. Mm. Back then, when you lived quite a comfortable life, how was your faith and spiritual mm. sort of walk in life? That's a good question. Um, now, here, here's another thing. When I was like a teenager, um, like around 12, 13, that was actually the darkest uh, era of my life. Um, I, I hated my life, basically. I, yeah, I had a bad relationship with my parents. I, I, was, I was very sensitive. I was like the most sensitive person, which I'm the opposite now. Um, see, this is what happens when you go through all of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I was just like down, like down, down, down. And I, look, I loved God and, and I, I never lost my faith in him. I never felt like, oh God, where are you? You don't care about me. And I just felt like, unworthy of God's love and I felt like you know especially when other people be like oh God's gonna like use you in great ways God's got like bright plan bright future for your life God's got great plans for your life and I was like oh no God I don't want that because I I felt very unclean from the inside I felt very unqualified I felt very I felt very um yeah it was it's like no God like how why would you use someone like me when you can use someone better than me you know, someone who's more uh, intimate with the relationship with you, someone who um, cares more about you, someone who's not, who's more holy than me, basically. Um, and that was that was it. Um, I've even like reached a point where I've wanted to just like end my life. Like I've reached to that point, and it was yeah, it was very dark. Um, what happened? Actually, the change that happened in my life. We were at my youth camp. It was our first youth camp at church back home. Um, and so yeah, we started off like with playing games and having fun. And then at nighttime it was like worship and prayer. And I was like, oh. like I, 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 did, like, I thought that was boring. Like why do we have to worship and pray? Can we just like have fun? And so it was worship and prayer time. And yeah, and they're playing music. And our leaders are like walking around like praying for us. So first what they did was... They gave us, each one of us, a piece of paper, and they said, like, write everything down, like, your sins, your confessions, everything, and we're going to burn them. So, first of all, like, I sat there, and I was like, what do I write? And then I, I ended up filling both sides of the paper. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, then we go and we throw them in the thinking to burn them. And then I sit down, and, like, on my knees, and I'm just like, trying to get into the atmosphere and pray because like I wasn't sure what to say but then I started praying and then I started crying and as I was praying and crying I felt like Jesus was sitting right next to me and I felt this like it was the Holy Spirit I just felt like this fire in me 
and I felt like I could like I could feel Jesus sitting next to me. And then our leaders they started praying like over us. And yeah, so that was like my I'll say my revival. And I was 14 then. And after that, like I was a completely different person and my relationship with God too. If you had to give one piece of advice um, to someone who has a relationship with God but then enters a season that's full of a lot of difficult circumstances, what would that piece of advice be? I know this sounds cliche, but it is what it is. Don't give up. Don't give up. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I know it's like, oh, don't give up. Yeah, I've heard, I've seen that all over Instagram a billion times. But it's really the key for me personally. And I think for all my clients in general. Because it makes sense when you think about it too. tonight um, thank you for this opportunity that um, I get to share what you've done in my life God and I'm sure what you've done in other people's lives Lord thank you that we get to gather here and, and um, hear about what you hear about your greatness hear about your mightiness Lord and what you do and what you can do Lord and I pray that um, my story isn't just a story, but that people are encouraged, that people uh, are reminded of your goodness and kindness, Lord, and that this is a reminder for people that they're not alone, and it's a hope for people who feel down, feeling like there's no hope, Lord. And I just pray that you um, bless every person here and that you guide their path. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.